I, you know, I kind of begrudgingly respect just the dedication to not getting better at what you do for a living. <laughs> <laughs> just coast through life. It, it probably shouldn't even happen. Oh, if you got it, you got to flaunt it, uh, acid. You know what? I got a lot of stuff that I don't want to flaunt, so <laughs> I just keep it to myself. Jeremy is really big into the used mattresses. <laughs> I think that's an excellent, excellent he has a used mattress store on the side. <laughs> and we found out that Anthony's friends are all 13-year-old boys. <laughs> Whoever wins gets assets ball soap. <laughs> Clay, uh, how you doing? Doing a little more poorly after that terrible, terrible introduction. I was just fine, to be honest with you. <laughs> Hello, sci-fi gangsters. This is a show where we talk about science fiction, comic books, and video games. But really, it's just an excuse for me to catch up with my friends, old and new. I'm Anthony, our media scholar and person who had to lay down for an hour after reading this man's uh, list of the greatest sci-fi films of all time. I disagreed with it so much that I had to lay down and take a break from it. Of course, I am making a joke about a commenter on your list. Will, that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about Will's very impressive uh, list where he actually ranked out the top 100 sci-fi films of all time. You can f- check that out, that whole list on sci-fi-gangsters.com. It's in two parts because the lists are so long. Yeah. And of course, Will, we know when you write, when you write, when you make a list, you don't play around. You don't just write one or two things. You, you, go, with, you go to town with this, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, I get shade about every article I write for being too long. And I figured <laughs> even just listing out just the hundred movies, just in, with that's all it said, like number one, this movie, number two, that movie, and that was all, would be long. So I said, well, why not? Let's just make it really long. So we're going to have all these things. And uh, there was going to be even more, but I didn't want to drive myself completely insane. So we stuck it where it was. But it was long enough in that, in that, that, that version. So, uh, yeah, I hope uh, people enjoyed it, and I hope people were able to get through it without needing an oxygen mask or anything. Right, definitely. <laughs> and um, uh, my favorite part of the list was, like, the how many honorable mentions did you have on there? I was like, all right, here we go. Before we even get to the list, there are, like, ten honorable yeah. mentions with their own little paragraphs. Yeah, oh, there's there, there 30. Because um, I, like, I had a huge number of movies on this, movies that I'd seen – before, you know, all, all of us, I think, watched a fair, fairly good amount of science fiction movies or have in our lives. And then there were several that I had been kind of wanting to see. And then a few that I dug up that I'd never really heard of. And then I started kind of digging around, seeing what other lists look like or looking through IMDb and seeing what's there in, in their like little genre sections and found some some gems. A couple of them made the list. Um, I ended up, I had 170-something that I actually ranked loosely and then there were more like movies like predator 2 or mm. some of the star trek sequels that didn't make the list that i've seen a bunch um that probably are better than some of the ones that i did have on the list which are just movies i watched now so it stretched out pretty far um and it was really tough to level off at 100 and i thought that there were a few that i at least wanted to just mention uh in the honorable mention and 30 kind of ended up being a nice round number. I felt like there was a pretty clear drop after 30. So, 
Well, that's what we're here for. This is what this episode is designed for. It's for us to take this list down, right? Just to pick it apart. Just tell to tell you why Rick. you're wrong and and how dare you? How dare you put films in order the way you put them? No, yes. no. Actually, um, we'll all be contributing. I think we all kind of have our own uh, top five sci-fi films. We'll kind of go through this. I'm actually going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm actually going to be just commenting on your list in general because. Uh, uh, in all reality, uh, I don't disagree with your list very much. Right. So I just there's a couple nitpicky things that I do want to point out. So I'll kind of be doing that while everybody else kind of does their own version of the top of their top five sci-fi films of all time. All right. So that's 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 what we're doing today. Uh, before we get started, uh, I will say that like, like every episode, first things first, we need to catch up first. I want to catch up with my friends. I want to know. I want to find out what's new. Of course, we got Acid Train. You can follow him on Twitch. He's been doing a lot of Twitch lately. I, I follow him, and every time I get like another notification, it's summertime. Acid is that cor- is that right? It is summertime. Correct. <laughs> I saw that you. Uh, one of your Twitch streams was you exercising? <laughs> yeah, I was on the treadmill. Why not? Uh, you know, I get a lot of viewers come in to keep me company while I walk my, my walk my hour. I like it. Perfect. Excellent. And of course, we have Jeremy here, good friend of mine, Jeremy. Uh, me and Jeremy are gonna go on a trip together. Just me and him. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I mean, <laughs> a, a it's a romantic us, getaway. <laughs> a group of us are going on a trip to Orlando. Uh, to uh, we still haven't figured. I think I think we're doing Universal Studio. I'm not sure what we pick yet. Anyways. Uh, that's not the tip- topic of today's episode. But Jeremy, how are you doing? Not too bad. All right, uh, a man of many words, uh, Jeremy. Uh, Jeremy uh, <laughs> Three words. Not uh, but, too bad. But no, we'll, we'll catch up first. And of course, I always start. I kind of want to share my story of going to urgent care because it's kinda, actually kind of funny. So, if you weren't familiar, I I have been kind of dealing with some sickness the past couple of weeks. Uh, I've been getting down with the sickness, right? Mm. And I was tired of getting down with the sickness. Uh, so it was probably about five or six days that I was kind of under the weather. But we had family over, and of course, there's all the kids are sniffling, and then mm. I get sick, right? And as about five days go by, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of tired of being sick. I just want to go to, I want to go somewhere and get a steroid shot because steroid shot worked pretty well for me. If I get a steroid shot, I'm 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 kind of good. I'm good to go. Uh, so I was like, you know, I'm tired of being sick. I'm gonna go. To, I'm gonna go to urgent care. Usually I go to the AU Medical Clinic because that's where I usually go because I am employed with Albany University, so I go there. But they have the weirdest hours, right? So this was a holiday. So technically it was technically a holiday, so they were closed. So I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to wait another day. I'm just going to go to urgent care. So I go to urgent care, and of course, uh, I was like, if, there, if there's not a lot of people in the waiting room, I'm just going to go home. I get there. There's probably about two people. I'm like, you know what? This is not bad. Of course it didn't include the, the 20 people who were in all the waiting rooms inside urgent care, but it took forever is what I'm trying to say. It took forever to get to it. And um, let's just say that the, um, the staff there was less than patient mm-hmm. with, with everybody. So first things first, that they, they, they take me back there. They're doing the temperatures and all that kind of stuff. And she's asking me a lot of questions, the tech, you know, and I'm sure she deal, she's dealing with a lot of, like people who are, you know, who are rude and sick and, and bad mood or whatever. But she's asking me all these questions, like, and obviously they're COVID-related questions. So she's getting through all these questions, never asked if I got vaccinated, not once. So she's asking all these really? questions, so I'm like, you know, maybe this would be information that she should know, right? So I go, um, by the way, I am vaccinated. And she looked at me and she goes, 
that doesn't mean you can't get COVID. Like in that tone, I was like, what, what happened? What did I do? I just, <laughs> this is literally information that would be good to know. But anyway, she wasn't interested. I'm sure it's because she gets a lot of like anti-vaxxers that come in and everything. She's kind of dealing with that stuff. But that's the first thing that happens. I was like, okay. So, so they send me back there. I'm there for about two hours, just waiting for Ooh. someone to come in. The tech person comes in. The tech person who came in uh, was one of those people who expects you to do things without telling you to do them. And, she, mm. and they're just kind of waiting for you to do it. Mm. I'll kind of give you an example. So I finally did get a shot. It wasn't a steroid shot because they were out. So the whole reason oh. I went there and waited for two hours, they didn't even have a steroid shot, but they give, they give, give me the, uh, the antibacterial or whatever, antibiotic shot. So the detect comes in. And she's like, uh, I wanna, I, I'm going to give you your shot now. And I go, okay, yeah, right, because I was expecting it. She comes in, and I'm, I'm just waiting for her to, like, you know, do all the things. Like she's getting the needle out. She's, taking, she's injecting, you know, getting everything ready. And then she just stops and looks at me. I'm like, okay. And, she, and then she says, uh, you're going to have to pull your pants down. I'm like, I realize this. I'm waiting for the cue. I'm not just going to sit here and go, all right, just let me know when you're ready. <laughs> I'm not going to pull the pants down without the pants down cue. Oh, it yeah, was like that's... the weirdest thing. Everyone everyone there was uh, expecting me to do things <sighs> without telling me to do things. Good old but anyways, I did get, I finally got the, uh, the uh, antibiotic shot. Which Sounds hurt. like the emergency room is less painful than what you just experienced. It's this particular yeah. one. It's this particular one in Auburn. I'm not going to say where it is. It's the one in Tiger Town. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's a particularly bad one. Every every time I've gone there, I've had a bad experience there. But it's, they, they're they're always over uh, like underemployed uh, and everything. It's just it's a whole big yeah. mess there. Uh, so the I one in Mill is really good. Yeah, I was gonna say, why did you go to that one since y'all don't live close to it anymore? Every other one was closed. No, oh. mm-hmm. every because it was a it was one of those. It wasn't July fourth. It was like July third or something like that. So technically, every so I actually went to another one because it said on online that it was open, and I get there and the doors closed. So I'm like, all right, I'm I'm already out and about. I'm just gonna go to this other one. Huge mistake, but I did get my, I got my Z pack. I got my other stuff. And of course uh, I went to the movies with Jeremy. And as soon as I was out of the antibiotics and steroids, I got sick again. So I was sick for another two days after that ran out. Goodness. But now I'm fine. So there you go. There's the story. He's had his margarita and he's good to go. I'm good to go. I'm not going to pull down my pants when you walk in the room and just wait with my pants down. You should have your pants already down before they even walk in. That would be so weird. You could have gone in there without pants at all. You should have just walked in the door to the planet. Yeah, no pants. I like this plan. That's a good plan. Anyways, so that, yeah, I had to share that story because (sighs) it's a very frustrating experience. You have your pants down now. Right now. I've learned my lesson. I always just pull my pants down. Whether someone tells me to do it or not. But we'll go ahead and move on to ask what's new with you. What's new? Um, let's see. It's you know it's been a weird, it's been a very strange, mentally exhausting week for me. I don't know why, but for some reason I just can't get on the ball mentally this week. Like I know, like my daughter's going off to camp next week. She leaves tomorrow for a week. Um, she's headed to Tuskegee to go uh, like build wheelchair ramps and uh, like renovate some not renovate but you know and do some home improvements for some of the 
the folks there that, that need it and, um, you know, watch some kids and feed some folks and just, you know, just do some stuff for a, a week um, that, that helps their community. Um, so we've been getting ready for that. My mother-in-law and her husband came today for dinner, which is just, that's all. <laughs> I mean, you, you know, um, and then, um, oh, and I am an, an official uncle now. Um, my wife's brother had their first child. Um, so I don't have any full brothers or sisters. So, um, I'm, a, I'm an official uncle now. Uh, he was here. Uh, I guess it was, it's been two weeks now, so it's been a couple of weeks since then. Um, but we did get our date to where we start back uh, busing on August the 4th. We'll go in August 4th and 5th to get our routes and clean up our clean up our buses and all that good stuff. So uh, we'll be doing that. And um, well, I said, oh, I bought a uh, strawberry plant that I'm going to give a give a strawberry plant a go to see if I can make some strawberries. Excellent. So yeah, other than that, I've been trying to, I don't know, pump myself up mentally. I just I've been, I've been so out of it for like the last week. So maybe I can get back in the groove. And like like you said earlier, I've been I've been walking um, a good bit. Of course, I've been streaming that. So I'm just trying to get my my energy levels back up. So well, very good, excellent. All right there, you go acid. Uh, Jeremy, what's new with you? Um. Let's see, did a little traveling this week. Um, You've been doing a lot of traveling this uh, <laughs> summer. Is it is it mostly work, or is it kind of a mix between work and leisure? It's uh, it's a mix. So it's uh, you know, there was a lot of work trips that got canceled last year, and a lot of personal trips that got canceled. And uh, yeah, they're just doing all of them now, I guess. Um, but the highlight of my week, uh, and this is gonna break. Acid's heart. Um, I finally managed to get hold of a PS5. Oh, finally! Oh, wow! Did you but, spend more than five thousand dollars? <laughs> uh, no, I got it okay, at good. cost. But oh, not nice. only did I have to buy it. Oh, no, you bought it at GameStop, didn't you? I had to join GameStop Pro oh, to be able to buy it. Why? Wow. Why did they tell you that? Because <laughs> I'm sure um, it was a straight up lie. But why did they tell you? No, they were only selling it to pro members. So uh-huh. if you were pro, you got access to it, you know, early. Sure. Um, <laughs> sure. And you only, you know, the normal people only got, uh, <laughs> got uh, a screaming. A little inside tip. That was a straight lie. <laughs> <laughs> um, straight up lie to you to get it. Well, I mean, it's coded bucks. in the website. So. Is know. it really? Are they really doing this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's, they that's are the way it works. I mean, they just um, need to go ahead and drown. Yeah, so even even after I joined the pro, I had to I had to log back out, then log in for it to take effect. But yeah, but I managed to get one. It's a. Uh, oh, I'm glad you got one. It it was unfortunately it's a uh, they were only selling the package deals, so I got an extra oh. controller that I don't really care about. Um, if you don't, I may I may buy that. I really from care you. about. I may buy that controller from you if you don't want it. Okay. Yeah. Well. It, it was supposed to be today, work, but FedEx didn't, PC, so. didn't do it. So it'll come in tomorrow. Sweet. Well, well congratulations, Jeremy. We know that's been a, a constant uh, struggle for you. Yeah, for yeah. you, you've been bringing it up several times on the show, right? I don't think I'm going to get the next generation console until I can walk into a store and go, "Oh, look, a PS5." 
Like, I think that's yeah. that's when I'm going to get one. I'm not going to worry about it until. Yeah, I mean, I said that until they said the like that literally might not happen until 2023. Um, so, which just means the PlayStation is going to be. Rather, you know, this new one will be around for quite some time. So I don't think with this kind of struggle from everybody trying to get one, I kind of I'm kind of predicting that they're not even gonna worry about a PlayStation Six for at least ten years from now. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. That's All just right, a well, guess. All right. Well, uh, what's new with you? Well, I broke this crazy list that we're going to talk about and took a while um aside from that so you know we were able to stay caught up on loki which is not always easy for for us to do um nowadays uh we we didn't watch the captain america the falcon and winter soldier show so we haven't watched that one yet um you know stay caught up on loki uh we've got a we got a toddler transition into a to a bed which is uh yeah Nice. Very good, but also an adventure, uh, you know, so you have these things. Um, mm-hmm. We'd like to take him on dino hunts around here, I guess, in the, uh, I'm, I'm in Gwinnett County, Georgia, if anybody's curious, and mm-hmm. they have dinosaurs stashed in some of the public parks here, like little fallen oh, dinosaurs. Cool. So taking him to, to find them is always a nice little thing. Oh, it's cool. tiring, but mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I should get in better shape, so maybe we'll, we'll just start with that. But, um, yeah, so, you know, that's kind of the, the thing here in the summertime. Um, you know, the Atlanta machine cranking back up when it comes to people going back to work in their offices more, um, which makes the traffic fun and makes the, the whole area fun. But, um, you know, I stay home because I work from home. I was working from home before all this. I was I was a hipster mm-hmm. about it. And, um, you know, it's a it's a transition. It's a, it, even this far into it. I'm sure everybody probably has dealt with a little bit of this to some extent who's done it now that it's a transition and it's something that you kind of only sore to get used to but um you know also it keeps me off the roads in atlanta which is a plus so there's a, yeah, you know, pluses. That's a big plus well, pluses in the fall, in yeah in the in the fall i'll be one of those people that you hate i'll be the ones go, returning to commuting to atlanta uh everything will be going back to normal right yeah, that's right back to back to normal now i'm way on the far side up here so if you're if you're commuting all the way up here you're commuting a mighty long way yeah, i hope that's true. not what's happening but uh yeah. So yeah, you know, and uh, we're possibly planning a new project here involving the group, but uh, I'm not going to get too much into that, uh, just because I just finished this one and I, my brain needs a reset, and then we'll, we'll we'll push forward from there when my brain is back in its proper place. All right. Well, excellent. Once again, you can check out that list, SciFiGangsters.com. Go through it. Leave a comment. Tell Will how wrong he is for putting. Mm. Uh, 2001 a space Odyssey. it needs to be here and not there right so uh make sure you do that isn't that literally what we're about to do it is literally what we're about to do <laughs> <laughs> you all do it in that voice that's what, I, what i'm here wait, for. Wait, how yeah. dare you yeah um do your research uh so, yeah. so that's where by the way uh loki is the first television series where my son is was all in all in like he like like during the day like during the weeks is is the next loki out is the next loki out it's like no it comes out on wednesday it's like is it wednesday yet like i'm telling like it's the first time that you know in his life where he's been kind of like like all in on a show and wants to sit down and watch it with me and wants to rewatch and everything so he loved it he loved it i will i will say you know just 
for me, I'm, I'm actually trying to play some catch up too. I watched, or I've been watching, because uh, you know you can go in Disney Plus and watch the MCU in chronological order. So I started from Captain America, and I've made it to uh, what did I just finish? Oh, uh, uh, Ultron, Avengers. So I just finished that. So I'm 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 moving. I'm keep I'm I'm going strong. I'm gonna keep going. Excellent. I think that's, that's like years of. Of work that you have to it do. is. I just, that's I even, that's more and there's a couple of them that I've seen already. Like I've watched like Iron Man one and two before, but it's been so long, so I just rewatched those. And um, but I don't think I've seen anything past Age of Ultron other than WandaVision. I think that's the only thing that I've Gross. seen that's past that. So I'll uh, maybe we'll do a show on on that. I don't know. We'll Very good, Jeremy. Are you caught up on Loki? Uh, no, I still haven't watched. I mean, I watched the pilot the day it came out. Um, and yeah, I haven't felt compelled to really see it. Like, I, I keep hearing, you know, the th- things that happen. So I need to sit down and watch it. But it, it might be better than uh, WandaVision. It might be better than WandaVision. It might be. I mean, uh, but and and the soundtrack is amazing. The soundtrack is. Yeah. So- uh, I, I was going to kind of mention this earlier, but so the uh, Will, you might be able to vouch me on, uh, agree with me on this one. Uh, does the opening to Loki, like the opening title, title song, doesn't it remind you of Clockwork Orange, the opening to the Clockwork Orange? Like just a little. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah was, they, uh, they mix in some things. So there's some there's some real grandiose music, mm-hmm. like full brass section, like really dramatic sweeping stuff. And, and then there's this much more sort of smaller scale like tv theme like the the title actual title screen is very uh is a very you know much lighter piece and it's it's a good mixture that they come up with for it because it kind of catches uh, uh the show that's all about variants and these different versions of loki who range from a quasi-heroic version that we've kind of gotten used to even though he was well, I'm not going to ruin it for for Acid Train, but um, the, the quasi heroic one that we've been seeing over the course of the mainline MCU, and then all these different versions that have shows throwing at us, that harken back to when he was a villain to start with, and then just weirder, odder things that go beyond that. So it, it really kind of catches catches the feel of all that. Well, very good. Well, that's what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about the top. Uh, science fiction films of all time. Once again, check out Will's list. Very extensive, right? He, he thought it out before he put it on there is what I'm trying to say, and we're going to pick it apart, right? Well, that's what I'm going to kind of do. I know you guys are kind of only doing your own thing with your with your top five list. I'm just going to do top... I'm going to do five things that I noticed about Will's list, all right? The first one, and this is the most egregious... Uh, omission on this list. Egregious. And I went through it to make sure. Maybe, maybe it was on there, but I, but I don't think it is. Uh, arguably the first science fiction film ever made. A Trip to the Moon, 1902 by Georges Méliès. Is that on your list? I, or did, I, did I miss it or did you it, not? It, it, I mentioned it in the intro. It's, it's ruled out because it's not feature length. Ah. I had some parameters that I put on it because it needed to be an hour long or more. Well, that's, a, that's, a wonderful, that's a wonderful movie, and it's on YouTube, I think, for anybody who wants to see it. If you've never seen it, it's been referenced visually a lot. Uh, the Smashing Pumpkins video is the main thing I think people think of with it for Tonight Tonight, but it's been referenced a whole lot more than that. 
And uh, there's also a really enjoyable Martin Scorsese movie called Hugo that's about where George yeah. George Melies' character in the movie, and it kind of goes over that era of the early days of film in France, and that's that's also worth seeing. But um, yeah, Trip to the Moon is is it's good. There there were two shorts, that one, and then a movie called La Chate, which is the movie that's the basis for Twelve Monkeys. Um, and if you've never seen La Chate, I don't I don't think it's on YouTube, so you may have to track it down in a more you know official channel essentially but uh that's also very interesting like a collage of still images that tells a very similar story to the, both the show and the movie of 12 monkeys um so yeah those are those are strong recommends but i, I did rule them out because of the feature length thing well very good uh so a trip to the moon obviously is it's 15 minutes long and i know this because i show it to my introduction to film class every year it's the first thing I show. So it's a, it's a nice 15 minutes, kind of like the, the very first, many people call it, consider it to be the first science fiction film of all time. Obviously in 1902, you couldn't have because of the reels, right? You, yeah. you, you couldn't have a long film. Like, and that was, probably, that was probably the longest out of like the early films that uh, the short films that came out during that time. And it is on YouTube because I know it because I show it in the class. Uh, I, always, I always thought it'd be funny if someone did a remake of A Trip to the Moon but kept all of like the way, like the science. So like, obviously they, in the trip to the moon, they shoot a bullet to the moon. That's how they get scientists into a large bullet and they shoot it to the moon. Yeah. And and they're not in, they're not in like, obviously not in like suits. They're just in like regular clothes and like (laughs) they fight aliens on the moon and stuff like that. I think it'd be hilarious. Like a Will Ferrell kind of thing where like you just, you do you do like a, a legitimate remake of the film and they kind of make it like a, a funny spoof. But yeah. Well, there you go. Excellent. A trip to the moon. George Millier. Anyways. All right. So uh, acid, what do you got? Uh, so I went on kind of what me and Jeremy were talking about earlier. I kind of went off of his theme. So I picked five um, of my top movies. Um, and most of these are actually on your list. One of them was not uh, that I, I could just watch in that, if I watched no other movies or no other sci-fi movies, these would be the five that I would be able to watch over and over again. Uh, a couple of honorable mentions. E.T. is on there. And, of course, Galaxy Quest. Both of those were on your list. Uh, but my number five, which also is on your list, is uh, The Prestige. The Prestige was a really hit-home movie for me when me and my wife first first watched it. Um, I, I, I was not expecting that at all. Um I mean, it just it blew my mind with the, the whole Tesla thing and um, and how the magic was actually, you know, how that was actually working and all the experiments that were going through it. And I was like, oh, man, this is – and everything just cut so deep. And uh, Hugh Jackman did a fantastic job um, in that movie. So um, that would have been stamped very easily as my number five. Very good. Excellent. We're, we're already starting our, our top five list here, Will. Uh, Jeremy, what's your number five? Uh, so I'm going to pivot a little bit um, because I, my five are, are similar-ish. They're they're all you know they're pretty much in Will's top ten anyway. Um, so I'm going to nitpick on five things that I I noticed. So one is the inclusion of gravity, which Ooh. I know every everyone loved this movie, and I just didn't get it. Like when I watched in the theaters, like it was 
is beautiful, right? Visually. But the sound, it was like being in a fight. Like it was just unrelenting. There was no kind of crescendo to the drama. It was just beating you over the head constantly. Um, yeah, I just, I didn't get the appeal. Um, and I also, if memory serves, she makes the wrong decision every single time. Am I remembering that correctly? Uh, Will, I'll let you respond. I yeah, well, I, um, I, I do want to comment back on the prestige in a second, too. But, um, yeah, I mean, gravity is one that I, I, I you know, some, some of the points that you're making, I, under, I understand. Because it is, it is a harrowing movie. And there's a through line in this. There's about eight or nine movies that I, I mentioned specifically in the write-up that they were just absolute torture to make. This, this probably actually will be towards the bottom of that list just because it was made recently when there are laws and rules about what you can and can't do as opposed to like Metropolis where they could basically kill extras and nobody in Germany would have cared. But, um, but yeah, gravity is a, it's, it is a almost torturous film. Um, it's only, it's only 90 minutes long, which I, I, looked that up when I was researching it. I watched it in the theater when it came out as well. And I could have sworn it was longer. I could have sworn it was, you know, two hours. Most, yeah, you know, most movies with a, with a big budget now are two hours plus. Sometimes they're like two and a half hours. Sometimes there's not a cut or four hours, but you know, this is a 90 minute movie that, you know, one best director and it is, it is very short, but it, it, you feel like it's six hours long because it's just, constant there's like one little lull in the middle where she contacts earth and there's the little howling scene um and quasi the you know i don't want to spoil it but george clooney's lap like sequence in the middle of the film so if you know if you've seen it you know what i mean um which sort of resets the film a little bit um but uh, yeah it is it is just pure disaster basically from about five minutes in until she crawls out of that thing and back onto the beach at the end. And um, yeah, that's not everybody's taste. I get it. Um, I, I think that, I mean, I'm a big fan of Alfonso Cuarón as a filmmaker. Um, again, two-time best director winner. Uh, he also directed what's still my favorite Harry Potter movie. I'm not a huge Harry Potter fan, but I really enjoy his entry, which is Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, another one of his films is in the top 20 and I almost put it even higher. Uh, I really, cause I had it actually lower and I kept moving it up, uh, which is children of men, which is just an amazing movie. Um, you know, this one is the technical proficiency. I, I like the way it's acted. There are some scientific mistakes that, you know, I don't want to get too Neil deGrasse Tyson, -y, but it does kind of affect the movie like that. I, they admit they, they cut some corners to make the movie work. But yeah, I mean, yeah. gravity is one of those. I can understand if you don't love it because it is, it's a, it's a punch to the gut over and over again. Yeah. And uh, I mean, like I, I just remember watching it. I mean, so I, I haven't watched it since the theaters because I, I, it gave such a sour taste, but to me, I mean, cause it was being heralded as, as, you know, Sandra Bullock in this leading role and this, this, um, you know, astronaut, role and I was like they have her making the like the wrong choice every single time like leading to the destruction of all these things so like it just seemed to me like they were purposefully making the character incompetent there, there's a couple of there there's a couple of issues with gender when it comes to gravity right so 
and, and it's kind of the same thing with Arrival, but in a different way where it kind of, it sort of implies that she's not fulfilling her role, right? Because she's, she, obviously she has a, it's, it's, she, lo- she loses a child, but it, it, it focuses a lot on her role as a mother in a space where this should not matter. And so it's like, it, it keeps bringing this, this idea of like, the woman's role is home with the baby. Like it keeps doing this. Arrival kind of arrival kind of does the same thing. I've actually wrote a paper on this, <laughs> uh, where the take home message is: you need to go. You need to have this kid because you're you're the, you're the mother and you're supposed to do it, right? So, uh, so I could definitely see how that's kind of an issue. Um, but uh, Gravity is definitely one of those films where it was way better when you watched it in the theater for the first time than it is if like a rewatch. Because it doesn't hold up as much, in my opinion. Yeah, probably agree with that. All right, so let's go ahead and move on to. Uh, uh, I guess we'll just go ahead and go back to me because Will, there's no reason because we're talking about your list, and you're yeah. just responding. What did What did you want to say about the Prestige? Oh yeah, Prestige. Oh yeah. Um, so yeah, I had it number fifty three, which is doesn't sound that great, but it's really high. Um, Christopher Nolan is a filmmaker that I have cooled on over time although I, I did think dunkirk was very good um but uh, that the prestige is, is a sneaky good movie of his because it was before he became a brand and really it was the dark mm-hmm. knight that made him a brand that was his next movie and and i still really love the dark knight even though you know it's such a such a well-known popular movie that, that people have their knives out for i still really enjoy that movie a lot um the Prestige is good because it's not as maybe overwritten as I think some of his later movies can be. And it's really, it's very well acted. You mentioned Hugh Jackman, who is the ostensible hero of this movie, but it, you know, he gets pretty dark as it goes um, and to a, to a place where you could argue that he's really the bad guy. Uh, Christian Bale is wonderful in a role where he's had to do a lot without really telling you what he was doing, but it had to make sense what he did when the movie ended. And it mm-hmm. does. And it really shows how good of an actor he is. I mean, I'm not going to spoil a movie that's whatever, you know, 15 years old, but it's, yeah. you know, the twist there is right in front of your face. Yeah. It, and it felt time. like at the end too, it felt like a very sixth sense moment, you know, like yeah. where you, well, it all comes together right there and you're like, Oh yeah. Now nah, it, it actually <laughs> made sense. Do what? Yeah. What'd you say? <laughs> so it made sense. Unlike the sixth sense. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, yeah, it's it's one of the more successful narrative twists because it really does. I mean, Michael Caine, uh, and again, if, if you won't know what, what he said, if I said I'm, I'm spoiling it, but he, Michael Caine calls it out. He, he straight mm-hmm. up says what it is, and that you don't believe him. The audience doesn't believe him, nor does Hugh Jackman, because it seems that that can't possibly be it. But yeah. yet, Bale himself called it out when he had an earlier encounter where he was before they had their rivalry star, where he was talking about another magician who was always performing even in public. And it kind of gets to the, 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 the main gist of the write-up was it really comes down to craft versus showmanship. And, you know, Bale's character is all about craft. It's all about mm-hmm. the technical precision and the absolute just pure execution of what he's trying to do. And Jackman is not as talented as him, but he's much more showy, which a lot of times yeah. can be derided. But, Jackman's argument is no. I mean, they, they don't come here just to watch somebody coldly go through motions. They want to see a show. And the whole thing becomes almost a, a weird riff on that involving teleportation. And David David Bowie is Nikola Tesla, which is just such wonderful casting. And, you know, Andy Serkis is in this movie, not playing Gollum. You know, it's, there's just a lot of crazy stuff here. 
And uh, yeah, definitely that's one to, to catch if you haven't seen it because it felt like it should have been a bigger deal when it came out. So when they actually came out, I remember liking The Illusionist more because it came out yeah. about the same time. Um, yeah. But I, I like I'll see the prestige on things, you know, when I'm in hotels flipping through or something. But I don't hear anything about The Illusionist at all. Um, yeah, it's faded. Yeah, so it's the the staying power of the prestige is definitely, um, definitely up there. And I, and I wonder how much of that is Hugh Jackman's, mm. you know, sort of name recognition increasing over the years. But all right, very good. All right, so let's go ahead and get to our, our number two here or our number four, depending on how you want to, you know, call it here. Uh, so I'm going to do the the nitpicky thing and go. Oh, this should be a little lower than it is. Uh, so. I disagree with you and your placement of the Matrix. I think it's way too low. It's it's honorable mention, right? Um, and the the reason why I I believe uh, that it deserves to be lower, and we've talked about the Matrix on this on this show before. Mm-hmm. I think in many ways, I know Jeremy disagrees with me. Depending on what you mean, it's a perfect film in a lot of ways, right? So it has it has the perfect arc for the character. It has a great ending. It says it's saying something about humanity. Uh, it has a lot of fun action sequences. It, it, it sort of propelled the genre in a new direction. It experimented with new technology. It did everything a science fiction film is supposed to do. And really, I mean, we as an exercise that we did, we we rewatched The Matrix recently. In a lot of ways, it still holds up. Some of the CGI doesn't hold up as well when you rewatch it today. But for the most part, it's still it's still a fun watch. It's still a great film. Uh, so I disagree with you and we're in your placement of the Matrix. That's understandable. That was one I was expecting some pushback on because it's it's become a pretty divisive movie over time. It's really hard to to think about it now and not think about both its own awful sequels and then also the the, the glut of like knockoff movies and not even sci-fi, but like action movies where you had the the bullet time and it, it really got overplayed like that like mission yeah. impossible 2 had some stuff in there with it, <laughs> yeah, it there was a musketeers movie that had that nobody watched it, it just really got watered down that's not really this movie's fault but yet it does feel like it you know all that kind of plays into it your your now 22 years later perception of it you know when i was i was 14 when that came out and it it hit like a bomb you know, in theater um as far as just like it's you know i've never seen action like this before this is crazy this is pulling the veneer back on what the world is and a lot of movies in the late 90s that were sci-fi movies were like that they were about the you know pre-millennial unease and uh, unease with the advancement of technology which has only continued since the matrix came out and a lot of stuff about identity and i know that uh you know both directors have 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 since uh transitioned gender since the film came out, which would be maybe just a, a footnote in it. But if you, you go back and watch it with those eyes now, it, the, the whole thing about his awakening could almost be read as a like a bit of a transgender sort of mission statement in some ways for, for, for two who were pre-transition at the time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just a really weird movie to rate now because... Obviously, it doesn't hold up the scrutiny at all. I mean, the 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 idea of like the using humans as a battery, and that's you know, that's so ridiculous. Even by science fiction, <laughs> it's so ridiculous that you you almost kind of laugh at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
and and and, it, and the the really super nineties cool. Everybody wears leather, and they got their little thin nineties sunglasses, and you know it. it so Foot it kind of gets to that point of like, <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, it, yeah. Look, if you want to have somebody have ominous dialogue, Lawrence Fishburne's your best best guy in the world at doing it. You know, yeah. so they got him doing it. Carrie Ann Moss is you know really looks really cool with the short hair and the leather, and Keanu Reeves is the best ever at doing stuff like what he does in that movie, just underplaying all of his dialogue and hitting hard on the fight scenes. And, I don't you know, think it's intentional. He's just not a good actor. No, <laughs> he's, he's, well, he, he can be, and I think he also can be overwhelmed by material like that. But you know, the John Wick movies, I mean, we're born here because his stunt double in this movie is director of those movies. And a lot of the same ideas of, of like, of how to choreograph action show up in those movies, which I enjoy far more in the matrix um but uh yeah i mean i again the matrix is one of those that some people hate it and think it's the worst movie ever made and some people really love it and still think it holds up the way that it did when it came out i i'm kind of in the middle because it's obviously very influential but at the same time it's it's got a lot of holes in it so it, you know it's kind of one of those it feels right to be honorable mention to me all right very good i like the response acid what's your number four uh, number four, I mean, it's just kind of short and sweet. Um, I put in uh, Men in Black. Um, it was one of my, you know, favorite movies when it came out, and I really enjoyed it. And if I've, I can't tell you how many times I've watched it over and over again. Just, you know, Tommy Lee Jones, Will Smith is just a great combo. Um, always has been. It still holds up. Um, and it was just, it was, it was fun. It was wacky. It was something that we've never, that I've never seen before. Um, it's just something new and a new, t- a new, a new spin and twist on on some sci-fi, um, and then they added some fun to it. So that's why yeah. that's why I threw it on there. Yeah, I love I love that movie, and it was one of the movies that was like the first kind of blockbuster I remember really wanting to see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was right at the perfect age for it. I, again, the sequels sort of mar things a little bit because none of them had been nearly as good. Even though two and three in particular kind of replicate a lot of what one did. They just don't do it nearly as well. And, and again, I mentioned D'Onofrio is so funny as the villain in that movie with his entirely just deranged performance. Yeah. Um, and Vincent D'Onofrio is great. I mean, we've known, you know, going to Full Metal Jacket and then, you know, of course, just playing Daredevil, uh, playing Kingpin and Daredevil. You know, we, you know, you see the breadth of what that guy can do. He's great. But that's still one of my all time favorites of his because it is, it's insane to play a major franchise villain like that. And then, yeah, that you would never have thought that Tommy Lee Jones, who's maybe the grumpiest man in the world and Will (laughs) Smith, who is Will Smith would, would pair so well, but they, they really do. And they really seem to like each other. That's why they've kept coming back for the sequels. And, and um, it's just, I don't know. It's weird in all the good ways. And I wish they would maybe just give up on this and do a TV show. Cause I guess the best way to continue the franchise but um, that first movie is that's a big one for me. I mean, I had it in like the '70s, I think. But it's a, it's one of the best sci-fi comedies, and it's a great '90s movie. Yeah. All right. Very good, Jeremy. What's your number four? Uh, so one movie that I I would put on the list, I think, that I, I didn't see anywhere is Sunshine. And uh, yeah, I was just curious, Will, on if uh, you know what why it was it was omitted uh, it's it's a that's a good movie i like that movie um and D- danny boyle director of this also directed train spotting and he made um 
Slumdog Millionaire. I think this was the movie before Slumdog Millionaire and his filmography. Yeah, uh, it was written by Alex Garland. Yeah, by Alex Garland. Yeah, who and he had one movie in my honorable mention and one movie on the list as a director, but um, with uh, Annihilation and Ex Machina. But um, I I think Sunshine is is good. It's beautiful. It's you know, and you would expect any bullets. It's very well filmed. It looks great. Even even technology in the 14 or so years since it came out has, has progressed. It still holds up pretty well. Uh, also, one of the first really good Chris Evans performances, which there was a point the before, Captain, yeah, before Captain America, there was a point when he wasn't really taken very seriously. He was in, you know, he was in the crappy Fantastic Four movies. He was in... And he was in a lot of movies, like Not Another Teen Movie and, and, and other kind of dopey, like sort of, I'm a hot guy in a movie that's aimed at young kids, young girls, like kind of roles. And it, he plays like a real a-hole in this movie. And it's, it's, it's a nice show of his range and a good cast around him. Gillian Murphy is in this. Uh, Rose Byrne is in this. Uh, Cliff Curtis is in this. Uh, Mark Strong it does a great job in the thing that I don't like, which is in the third act, the movie completely changes what it is. Um, it does. So before, change, before, yeah. you, uh, before you say this, I actually have not seen Sunshine ever. Okay. So it's, we'll, 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 it's one of those yeah. films that I always continually hear people say, hey, you need to watch this film. It's one of the greatest sci fi films. And I still, ha- I still haven't watched it. So don't okay. actually spoil it for me, please, because I do uh, eventually want to uh, see it. Okay. Yeah. yeah it, 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 it does pivot hard. Um, but yeah, like Chris Evans, you know, sort of redemptive piece in it um and i think Kelly murphy was is the absolute perfect cast for that character and for that type of movie um yeah. and rose so, Byrne yeah. as well is, is wonderful yeah. in that movie rose Byrne is wonderful in everything um uh, michelle yo is also in that movie and she's always good you know it's, it, it, it's a really good cast like actors who you always know are going to be good even even at the time if we thought evans was kind of a dud and then you will know he's he is usually good he just hadn't had a chance to show it yet and he got to show it here. And I do think it had a hand in him really becoming a big A-lister, honestly, in the years following. Because it's, it's it, you know, at the time it was a stunning performance because I didn't think he had it in him. And now it probably makes more sense. But, um, yeah, yeah, there's the big, there's there, that movie and another movie, which I'm going to preemptively jump on in case anybody mentions it, is District 9. Is another movie that I enjoy. Um, but I think the biggest flaw I have for both of them is that they are a thing for two acts that's very interesting, and then they are a very different thing in the third act, which I think weakens what came before. Um, I, I, I think more egregiously in the case of District 9, but in the case of Sunshine, I don't know if they knew where to go with it in the third act, and they, they kind of invented what happens. Um, it's not bad, but it's jarring. It is, it is kind of jarring. All right, very good. Yeah, District Nine. It, it turned into a, like an action film. At the, yeah, at the end. yeah. It is. It, it's very interesting. Like this apartheid, obvious allegory, and, and you know, very kind of low budget, and low key. And then suddenly, people are exploding. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, this is this is a hard turn. Um, you know, again, it's not bad, but it it it's would have I think been better if it had stuck to its guns. All right, not literally. Yes, because it did stick to its guns. All right, so we'll go ahead and get to my uh, number three here, uh, my gripe that I have uh, with your list. 
And this is, I admit that my, uh, my affection for this particular film has a lot to do with the series that was based on it as well. And that's Snowpiercer. So the reason why I like Snowpiercer so much is because the, 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 the purpose of a science fiction film, in my opinion, is it needs to say something about us as humans or our social situation, right? And yeah, you can make the argument that Snowpiercer is a little too on the nose, right? Because the train is an allegory for our social structure, social hierarchy. So maybe it's a little too on the nose. You could also make the argument that has weird, uh, like parts of violence, like just graphic violence out of nowhere. Like it goes, it's like, it's kind of very mellow and then, uh, and kind of heady. And then it just like violent, 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 violence. Uh, particularly during, obviously, during the rebellion. And maybe the ending is a little underwhelming, although actually I do appreciate uh, the ending of Snowpiercer. Um, should I, not, I don't want to spoil it for anyone who has not seen the ending of Snowpiercer, which is very different than the series, which yeah. I also love. Uh, Will, are you familiar with the series? Uh, I've not watched the series yet, um, although I am intrigued by it. I'm intrigued by the cast. Um, and, and I actually... My big problem with Snowpiercer, and this is one that I, I, I expected to like a lot more. Um, a, a different film by that director, uh, Bong bon Joon-ho, is on the list. And that's The Host, which is in the 30s, and I really thought that was a great movie. And he also made Memories of Murder and, and then the Oscar-winning Parasite, Parasite, which are great movies. If you've never seen either of those, I absolutely make all the time necessary to see them. I cannot recommend I mean, Parasite, I feel like people have seen now because it won all the Oscars. Yeah. It's been a topic for a while. But uh, Memories of Murder is from like 2002, and it's a Korean film that has a lot of the same actors that you see in his other works. And it is an unbelievably good movie. So I cannot stress enough that you should watch that. Um, going in, the Snowpiercer was his first English language film. I guess it's his only one at this point now. Uh, Chris Evans again. Now, by this time, more established as an actor playing in the lead role. A lot of good character actors in there. Tilda Swinton, all doing Tilda Swinton things. Um, Octavia Spencer is here, you know. And I was a little underwhelmed because I think that even though he fought really hard to keep the Weinsteins from cutting his movie, um, and the story that he told about how he did that is wonderful, I, the movie almost even still is too overstuffed. Um, you know, there's a point when he he's telling about, I bet you know who that kid was, and then he's like he refers back to a Jimmy Bell's character who you see for like ten minutes in the beginning of the movie, and you barely even hear the guy's name. It's like that doesn't land the way it needs to, uh, because the movie rushes really quickly to get through it because it has to because there's a lot of story here. It's a big drain that they've got to fight from the back up to the front, um, and like like you, know, you mentioned the ending, which is an odd one. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good movie, and I think everybody should should check it out. I, I'm, I am interested to see the series, the story itself, and the the series it's based on. The I think it's a manga series it's based on is also very interesting. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just think the movie needed to probably be about an hour longer to really be as good as it should have been, and it's decently long as it is. It's just a lot of story to fit into one movie. Yeah, I agree. Excellent, very good, Acid. What's your number three? Um, I actually went uh, with Back to the Future. Uh, Back to the Future was, I mean, like in your article, you know, saying that when you think about time travel, you know, Back to the Future is just kind of the movie you think about. It's, it's the movie. Yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean, it's just, it, it, they just did so well. Um, and 
I would honestly just put the whole trilogy right there, just kind of in spot. Because I, I mean, as they get, you know, crazier. I mean, like you said, with all the plot, the plot holes and all that kind of stuff that just kind of happen, it still doesn't take away, for at least for me, it didn't take away at all from any any one of those movies at all. So, um, but yeah, Michael J. Fox, fantastic. Christopher Lloyd. I mean, like you said, just it, it doesn't age. He doesn't age. No. This is, I love it. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. That's I mean, why. We're, that's we're, why I threw that up there. Yeah, we're we're past the future year now. You yeah. Know, oh yeah. You're past the future of that movie, and it still it still holds up. I, it, yeah. There's plot holes all over the place, and it's just not the kind of movie where that matters. You know, like like Gravity. Mm-hmm. We talked about a plot hole there. It matters more because of this sort of verisimilitude of it being real. Like yeah. what could happen in space, and it's maybe not fair because it makes that kind of maybe harder. But uh, another movie that I, I expect to maybe hear about is Interstellar, and it's another movie where there's just a lot of that. That yeah, you get picked apart because the movie's trying to be something almost not documentary lot, but very realistic depiction. So when there are mistakes, they stand out. Back to the Future doesn't care about any of that. It's it's no. pure popcorn fun. And yeah. okay, yeah, the, his brother's going to the office on a Sunday for some reason at the end. That doesn't really matter. <laughs> it doesn't you matter. Know? Like, it, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, there's there's a few of those that, that, that filter in there. But yeah. at the same time, I love the little gags that like the uncle is always in jail no matter what. Um, the you know Christopher Lloyd, the, the faces that he makes, like the face he makes when the yeah. the rags catch on fire in the lab is one of the funniest things you'll ever see and i uh, yeah and i mean yeah and the delorean is the, is the, the worst car it's the oh, craziest yeah. car but it, just, it made so most, much sense uh, this it's is the most great. 80s thing and it hasn't aged even though an actual delorean is just <clears throat> rusted away into the dust uh the delorean in the movie just it just seems right i don't know it just it's it's one of those movies where the magic is just there it's just always been there yeah all right very good back to the future by acid jeremy what do you got uh, so the next one I'll, I'll talk about is I don't disagree with this being uh, a great movie and I, I think it's uh, essentially a perfect action movie um, I just don't I don't really classify it as great science fiction and that is Mad Max Fury Road I was going to bring up Mad Max 2 yeah so I think I it's, it is one of the best action movies ever made um, that happens to be dystopian, but I don't see it being great because of the science fiction elements. Yeah. That's, and, that, and that's interesting. The thing to bring up, I, I mentioned it, I think at the start, um, but the, the, the hardest part of this thing, much harder than the movies or ranking them or anything like that, or even the writing it, which wasn't easy is just knowing where the lines were. You know, and I rule out all comic book movies because it just becomes a morass if you do that, if you keep mm-hmm. them in. And I, I really wanted Guardians of the Galaxy to be in there because I love that movie, yeah. but I had to rule it out because it's you know. And then, but then there also there's there's other lines that were more like I mentioned in the Bill and Ted write up that Bill and Ted one is in, but Bill and Ted's two and three are not. It's a it's a very dumb thing to have to do, but you kind of have to do it. Dystopian movies and things like time travel and time loops mostly were kept in, even if you know you don't think of it initially as a sci-fi movie. There's a few on there I would say that you would probably think of as something else first, and then science fiction second or third or fourth. But I, I felt like if it passed the science fiction test, essentially, then it counted. 
And so that that would include a lot of dystopian movies. And I had all three of the four Mad Max films are involved in some way. The third one is not bad, but I left it off. It's not as good as the others. Um, and then, you know, Mad Max, the first one is probably the least science fiction of the group. But it still is because it's almost an apocalypse in progress. But The Road Warrior and Mad Max Fury Road, two movies that I love and are very high on this list, um, were included, again, because they fit in a science fiction world, even though, yeah, they're action movies first. They're allegories about a lot of things really second, particularly Fury Road with its resource hoarding and the women's bodily autonomy thing, which is right up in your face in that movie. Yeah. But I mean, I, I still feel like it fits the science fiction because it it talks about us in a in a place where we don't have the comforts of the society we have now to defend us, to, to keep us in line. And it shows how in an extremely ridiculous way it shows where things could go if we don't have those things. Uh, I don't know if flamethrowing guitars necessarily in the future, if uh, the world so. order break, but. I don't, you know, I wanted to kind of keep movies like that on the board because, you know, it's sometimes it's that insanity that's what makes the movie really stand out. There's a lot of dystopian movies out there. There's not a lot of movies like Mad Max Fury Road out there. And, and as I said, I, I stand firmly that it's the best movie released in the 2010s in any genre. Like that movie is just amazing. It's amazing that it exists. It was also extremely hard to make. Everybody hated each other when they made that movie. <laughs> but um, it it is... It's the it's one of the two or three best film going in the theater experiences I've ever had. The part where there were the guys on the poles, and it's that that sequence is just unbelievable. And then of course the sandstorm also, you know, it's just it's it's a movie that's just so good. I I, I had to find a spot for it, and then maybe that good's going to be pretty high. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I, I agree. I it is it's as close to a perfect movie as I've as has come out recently. Um, the other one that I kind of like, which is, is one of my top three favorite movies of all time, um, but I don't think of it as sci-fi, which is A Clockwork Orange, which was high up there um, in kind of the same way, like, a, you know, dystopian crime drama, but it's not, it, it doesn't, when I think sci-fi doesn't click to me, you know, instinctively as, as that being in that genre. Yeah, I would say Clockwork, Clockwork Orange to me fits more sci-fi than Fury Road. Clockwork Orange is more like it, it, it does sort of answer questions or sort of it reflects our anxieties towards towards the future, right? And and the the degrading of society and sort of control and fascism and that sort of thing, right? Um, so I, I definitely can kind of see how that sort of fits into a sci-fi kind of a thing, just kind of, just the more of like the, the thinking about our, our potential futures. Yeah. Yeah, not so much a technical advancement there. You don't really think about the technology in Clockwork Orange. Uh, but socially, I don't know if advanced is the right word, but socially we've moved forward in a way that really might be retrograde. Um, you know, the backstory on that, if anybody's from the book, which the guy who wrote the book doesn't even like the book, um, but he and his wife were assaulted on vacation in Malaysia by some uh, American servicemen. This was not long after World War II. And the, so obviously the sort of the casual brutality of, of young men is such a big factor in the film. And I think he masks it by putting it in the future, like some kind of a future. Um, it's, it's one that's very, it's not super well defined. And I think, you know, this is Stanley Kubrick 
who defi- who like was the most detail oriented filmmaker maybe ever. So if he didn't feel like it was important to define it, then it wasn't, you know, and, and then the movie I think holds up without it. But, um, again, it's one of those that I think it's, there's, it, it's a, it's a, it's a version of our future that reflects a present. And I feel like to me, that's enough to put it in, even though again, yeah, I mean, it's not a science fiction film first and foremost. It's not a science fiction film the way that, you know, star Wars is, uh, or whatever it's, but it is, it is, there's an undercurrent of it there that I think made it work. Be, be put in and if it's in a film like that is, is going to be high all right very good and i will say this arguably the greatest opening to a movie of all time is in clockwork orange the great the greatest opening sequence just like just like the 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 slow like zooming in or is it zooming out zooming out mm. with that with that uh anyways all right moving on uh, since Jeremy took my number four by bringing up uh, Mad Max Fury Road, although I, I actually had more questions about how high it was. What was it like, number twenty? Uh, I just I just felt like, like six, it was pretty. Right? It's number six. Yeah, oh, it was number six. That's that's pretty that's pretty high for yeah. a, a, a recent film. Um, but yeah, so I'll just go ahead and mention this. There are several films on this list that I have ne- I have never seen before, and I'm embarrassed that I've never seen it before. And I've, I've heard countless times how great and how influential these films are. And of course, Brazil is one of them. It's a film that I've never seen before. Oh man, dude, you got to watch it like tonight. Yeah. Brazil's great. You should definitely. People who, people who like Brazil love Brazil. My goodness. <laughs> like everyone who's seen Brazil loves Brazil. I don't, I don't know if that's true, but anyways, actually I, I have not seen uh, uh, Brazil, and I have not seen Metropolis. I've seen M by uh, by Lang. I've seen M. Yeah, yeah I showed next. my history of film class, but I've never seen uh, Metropolis either. So just I just kind of two films I'm sort of embarrassed that I've never seen before, considering that I teach film classes. Uh, but well, M- Metropolis is tough, and I mentioned it in the write up. There's a lot of different versions of it because it came out and it, it's like two hours and 50 minutes long or, or so. And it initially wasn't that well received. And also, you know, this is interwar Europe. So everybody had like a cause and the film can be pretty socialist if you, you know, particularly towards the end. So uh, the rise of fascism in Germany, a, fa- a very pro fascist uh, distributor just without, without French Long's uh, consent, like cut a huge swaths of it out. And that was the only version that existed for a long time. And they literally lost the, like a lot of the other footage. So there's been a series of, of painstaking recreations of it. You can see one on YouTube is what I saw, which is about two and a half hours or so. And it's the longest recreation that they've got where they literally found film in like canisters in South America and New Zealand that they didn't even know what it was. And then they screened it. And it's like, Oh, this is metropolis. Oh, this is a metropolis that we didn't even know still existed. So they had to piece back together and you can tell the parts where they where it's from the version that people had seen before versus what's new. Cause what's new looks terrible. It looks like way worse than the rest of it, but that's the best they could do to get it back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a long movie and it's a, it's a, it can be a hard watch because that is a whole different era of film and what film was supposed to be. It's silent. It's a very, you know, everybody has this, that very heavy stage makeup on where their eyebrows look ridiculous, but it's just the way that movies were made back then. Um, and if, you know, if that's not something that interests you, then you might not have a great time. 
but um, but I mean, vis- you know, visually stunning. Again, they almost killed a bunch of people making it, but you know, that was the way it was. And um, it, it, you know, massively, massively influential, obviously. Very good. All right. So, uh, Acid, are we at number two now? Is that where we're at? Acid two. Yep. This is number two. Uh, this one actually did not make th- uh, the list, um, which I was shocked just because I enjoyed it so much. And the grand of take them down, Acid. Right. I'm not gonna take you down. Um, I mean, I will agree that the books are better than the movie. That's usually the case in anything. But The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is just a movie that I just I hold dear to my heart for some reason. I've watched it countless times, you know, and have been, and enjoy it and find different crazy stuff each time I watch it. And just from, I mean, I, you can't go wrong with it. I mean, it was just, it was so funny. It was, I mean, it's so well put together, but... I just, it was so nice to see, you know, and I actually, I watched the movie first before I read the book. Actually, just, I, I, I haven't, um, I ha- or I say it hasn't been that long since I, since I bought the book and, and read it, but, and, and I don't feel any sense of like, oh man, maybe I should have read the book first or, you know, that like that didn't, that didn't hit home at all. But, um, yeah. I still think that the movie still hold, holds up and is still extremely, extremely enjoyable. I, I enjoy that movie. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if, if you had read the book first, if it would have made you like to be more or less, because I feel like that there's a big split there between people who read the book. I'm not uh, a, I'm not a person like my daughter and I'm, I'll bring up Harry Potter again. Cause they're big, huge Potter heads. Um, my daughters watched the movies first before we bought them the sets of books. And she of course enjoys the books better, but I would say she's kind of like me in the aspect where it didn't really tear, you know, one way or the other, like, oh, it's just now it ruins the movies or whatever. Like, there's obviously not as much information in the movies as there are in the books, and you're missing some of the side story. Yeah, there'd be no way. There can't be. Yeah, there'd be no way. But And then you're missing a good bit, but for a for a movie itself, for what it is, and going back to Hitchhikers, it 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 just, I think it, I think it captured what it needed to capture for me to enjoy what it was. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah. I, again, I enjoy it. Uh, there's a bunch of different versions of it. It was originally a radio series on BBC radio mm. and then there was a BBC TV miniseries in the early eighties. And then there's been all sorts of like comic book versions. There, you know, there's been like album versions they, they keep changing it a little bit each time. Um, sure. The, the big difference, I guess, between the movie and the book would be, and again, it wasn't a book to start with, which I think should be noted, uh, is how much of the language, how much of the humor in the book in particular comes from sort of his wordplay, like uh, just like, like like constructing sentences in a way that you wouldn't even ever that's, think this would sentence, but it's funny. Yeah. And that doesn't translate at all in the movie, which, you know, that's not necessarily a disqualifying factor. Um you know, I know a lot of people in Britain were upset with the casting of so many Americans in it, which I guess I can understand that, you know, it's a bit of national pride for them, that, that series. But, um, you know, we, you know, weirdly, I think it's Arthur that probably drives me the craziest about it. He's the one British guy in the main quartet. Yeah. It's Martin Freeman, who I, is, is great. Martin Freeman's usually great in everything. They just they make him very off-putting in that movie, like much more so than everybody else. Um I like most Def as I like most Def as an actor generally, actually, and I, I like him as Ford in this. Sam Rockwell's really funny doing a sort of a quasi Bill Clinton, George W. Bush riff as Zaphod. 
and uh and then zoe deschanel's always great but um yeah i mean it's i enjoy the movie i you know i think that it it I I think it, it's one of those that I looked at and I had it I think somewhere on the list uh, outside of the where the honorable mentions were but I you know I still watch it whenever it comes on like I did the other day but uh, um, it's one that I think could have maybe just been a little bit better with a little bit more work done on it but he uh, Douglas Adams also died when he was writing the script so you can understand mm. that it didn't get maybe all the doctoring that maybe it would have gotten had he not died. So, sure. you know, perhaps we were robbed a little bit there. I mean, we were definitely robbed of a man's life, which was a real shame because he died young. young. And so, um, you know, that that one almost feels like a little bit of a what if. If he'd, if he'd have been able to live through production, could it have changed? They could have made the movie just a little bit tighter, a little bit sharper. Uh, I, I think probably so. All right, very good. And, of course, I'll say it. I say it every time. To the anger of everybody on this panel, uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the book, one of the most overrated books in sci-fi history. All right, moving to Jeremy. Jeremy, what's your number two? Uh, so my uh, the number two observation is that I was glad to see it on the list because it is one of the oddest and uh, most surprisingly satisfying movies um, that I've, I've seen, which is The Lobster, um, yes. which, which Anthony, if you have not seen it, I, and, and asked it, I would, I would definitely recommend watching it. Um, it is, I'm very, very happy that Colin Farrell left the sort of action star path he was on and turned toward more movies like this, because I think he's very talented, and, uh, and, and I thought he, he played that role excellent. Yeah, it's it's I really and actually weirdly that was one that I kind of wrestled with the way that you guys were talking about the Mad Max movies and and the Clockwork Orange because it it's science fiction in the sense of there is it's a kind of a future almost really a present where a technology exists that absolutely does not exist. The difference is that they don't give any kind of a damn about that technology. It just exists as a plot device. They, they 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 explain it none and it just is sort of there as like a little bit of a shoe to drop essentially on some of the characters at the end um and it, it's almost comically underplayed and i mentioned in the little blurb joke i have at the under the pictures like that basically the room where this unbelievable technology exists to transform a human into an animal it looks like like something at a ramada inn it, it, it's just the most <laughs> underwhelming looking room that you'll ever imagine um is that the it's picture you put up? Yeah, yeah. Is that what that? Okay. Yeah, the transformation room. So yeah, it's like, this it is a transformation, like, like literally, where they could turn this man into a lobster, a lobster that's alive and has the memories of him as a man. But but yeah, this it's not in any that's sort funny. of fancy place. It's in this dopey hotel. Um, the, the 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 black absurdist comedy in that movie is just the best, and the people that they get to deliver it. I mean, Olivia Coleman is a national treasure, and she's great in everything she's in, and she's really great in this. She would then win an Oscar for the next movie that the director made, which is the favorite, which she played, where she plays Queen Anne of, of, of uh, Britain. Um, John C. Riley is always wonderful, uh, can do everything, really can do anything as an actor, and he, he's very funny here. And then Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz are the lead couple, and their their accents, which they don't get to use their real accents enough. You know, Farrell's always playing like an American hero or something, and he's very Irish. And Rachel Weisz, you know, sometimes gets to do the British accent, but a lot of times doesn't get to. 
and their their accents here are just the drollest things imaginable which for what they're the, the dialogue they're being given is just makes it like a thousand times funnier to me so um definitely a very weird movie um yeah there's a few other recognizable actors that pop up in it but um if you make time for it and make time to afterwards to think about what you just saw because it is it's it's a very bizarre movie uh, it's one of the bizarrest movies that's been released in the last 10 years um, but it's definitely a lot of fun uh, very good excellent uh, a film that i'll have to watch along with brazil i guess the lobster all right so let's go ahead and get to our number one uh, I was going to bring up the fact that I believe that Her is too high on your list, the film Her. Um, kind of surprising. I don't know. I can't remember where it is on the list, but I remember it being pretty high. 23. 23. Uh, but we'll kind of ignore that. I just want to talk about Blade Runner being number one. And I agree with that. And, and um, uh, obviously. Did, did you know that it was going to be number one? I mean, because we've discussed yeah. that movie a bunch, I, I figured. Yeah, I, I um, 2001 a space odyssey can't argue with that at all being number two although watching it now it is kind of a drag like you kind of have to like appreciate it for what it is almost like you're like sitting through like yeah this is extremely boring but like just you you have to sit and watch and go through yeah because there are uh amazing scenes uh the 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 scene when he's deactivating Hal and Hal singing the song, right? Daisy. And then, and then he says, I'm afraid. My goodness, that is an, just yeah. an amazing uh, sequence. And, and then, of course, the very end, when he, turn, when he turns it into the star child, I can't remember the name of the Yeah. Well, in, the, in the beginning, which I, I highlighted too, I love the beginning of the movie. I mean, the, the performances of those mimes and the apes, it's, it's really good. And, you know, we, we talk about we should give Andy Serkis an Oscar for playing apes and like movies now. But these guys did it in the 60s and nobody even they, they didn't even get a, like a costuming or makeup nomination from the Academy because I think the Academy thought they were actual apes. That's that's long been the rumor uh, because Planet of the Apes came out the same year and won in that category. And honestly, the apes look better in this than they do in that. Um, but um, the, I mean, all the stuff with the bone and then the development of the idea of weapons. And then that the, the jump cut from the bone to the to the, the ICBM depository, which is important to note that it, that's an ICBM that actually existed at the time, and then it cuts to the future. So they wanted he wanted to highlight the bone of the past, the weapons of the now, and then the future, and he does it in a you know in a, a very quickly for a movie that's so long. Um, but uh, I mean, yeah, it's you know you got to be in the right mindset for it, which a lot of people weren't when it came out. Um, but it's it's just such a beautiful movie. Uh, it is, you know, and the music, obviously, the the weird music that plays in the monolith monolith scenes is so haunting. And yeah. then, of course, the famous famous like traditional score uh, in the film. I mean, yeah, it's just one of those people. Again, you can watch it a hundred times and you'll get something out of it each time. It, it, you know, and see and see on the biggest screen possible because it still looks great all these decades later. It still looks great. Sorry, Dave, I can't do that. Yeah. All right, moving on to Acid. What do you got? All right, so I put my number one is just the entire Matrix trilogy. Um, I, I'm sorry, it's it's. <laughs> I would if I watched no other movies forever and ever. I would watch. I would Matrix rather trilogy. literally go blind. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I I don't I don't know I don't know maybe it's just one of those things either you love it or you hate it well they're I, not that bad they're, I loved it I loved every single one of them and I know I get I get hounded when I say this but each one was better than the last one I mean they just it just <laughs> gets better you know so I don't know it just the it went one? so okay. well for me there was hey look there is nothing wrong with my opinion okay there's okay, nothing sure wrong no with that. um but yeah the I mean only one I just, that has it <laughs> and I think well I think that. For each person, you can take the matrix in kind of like your own way. Like you were you were saying earlier, like, well, maybe it was, <clears throat> excuse me, maybe it was like that, the the gender um, role right there at the end. The the um, oh, what were you you were saying like the the reveal for the, for the director the Wachowski. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but so I, I mean, you were, can kind of yeah. take that, you know, you know, however you want. But I think it that kind of. If you're looking at it from that perspective, each person can kind of take take away what they're going to take away, whether it be that or not. So it's and, I don't know. Course, I, I, I enjoyed it as 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 a trilogy. I think you know, I think Keanu Reeves is awesome. Let's just let's go ahead and say it. And uh, look at Jeremy's face. Yep. <laughs> Keanu Reeves is awesome. I, Keanu know, Reeves as a human he's being. He's an awesome dude. Is one of the best people that have ever walked the planet. Not a, not he is so nice. Actor. He is such a nice guy. Um, there are but I enjoy his stuff. Yeah. There, there are good roles of Keanu's. Uh, the Gift. Sam Raimi's The Gift. Where he plays the like the redneck. Like a-hole redneck guy. It's a completely out of nowhere role for him. He's great. Mm-hmm. He... Yeah, there's times when he doesn't exactly rise to the occasion. But um, I don't know. It, it, he's kind of like a brand of his own. Like, this, like who is. else can be yeah, these Keanu yeah, Reeves characters? You know, who, who else can be, uh, you know, Ted from Bill and Ted and, right. and Neo and John Wick and then pull and make it all believable? It's it's a very specific little niche he's got, but he's the only guy in it. You know, he's made a yeah. lot of money doing it. Yeah, man, hey, when you, when you, you know, hear Keanu Reeves, you don't hear just like, oh yeah, that was that was Neo, or oh that was you know he was from Bill and Ted, or you know whatever. Like, he he doesn't have that Daniel Radcliffe like, oh that's Harry Potter, you know, <laughs> or or anything like that. So he he can play different things and not just be tied down to one thing. It's kind of like a Hugh Jackman, you know, you hear Hugh Jackman's name, you don't just, I mean, yeah, you might go to Wolverine, but you might think of the Showman, or you might think of, you know, the Prestige, or whatever, you know. You know Very good. Excellent. Matrix trilogy. Boom. Of right course, Jeremy Jeremy enjoys <laughs> Jeremy enjoys the, the red pill narrative because he's a big in the all right. He's really big on Reddit. Uh, <laughs> he likes, uh... <laughs> and yes, I've been reading a lot about this because I'm writing about the alt right in part of my dissertation. Oh, I have to continue here about red pilling. My goodness, these people mm. are dumb. Anyways, Jeremy, <laughs> uh, what do you got? Uh, so I'm going to skip over The Last Jedi thing because I've made my, my opinions about that very well known. Um, so I'll, I'll mention some things. So when I think of like a top whatever list, um, so I think not only does the movie have to be good and stand alone, but also sort of, you know, what does it inspire and, and bring into the public consciousness and things like that. So there's some, there's some classic ones. Uh, I mean, relatively classic that, that weren't on the list that I, you know, it, in the top 100, I think I, I'd probably had to put them there somewhere. Um, you know, so like Logan's run, mm. um, soil and green last man on earth, you know, so movies like that, that have their problems and aren't that great, 
as standalone, but but are sort of in in that tail. Um, or I guess even Omega Man was probably more popular than Last Man on Earth, but it's the same you yeah. know same story kind of thing. Um, you know, so I, I think of particularly Logan's Run in my mind is you know I think I'd have to have on there somewhere. I yeah I, I watched it for this. I never seen it until about six eight weeks ago it's on hbo max or was if you want to check it out um it's, it's it was a big hit it was uh a very interesting idea i i, I really love the idea that the, the the he plays essentially the, the bad guy he really is a bad guy is uh is michael york's partner who chases them for much of the film that that actor really had like a very odd specific career afterwards he's in dune he plays Duck in Idaho in Dune, and he's also in uh, Hunt for Red October, where he delivers some of my favorite Southern accent lines ever in film history. But, um, I mean, like, Logan's Run's definitely one of those movies that's very re representative of, of a time. Uh, it's sort of a pre-Star Wars 70s. There were two kinds of movies in the 70s that were sci-fi before Star Wars. One was something very slow and long and meditative that, you know, you had to, like, get into the sort of frame of mind to watch, like Solaris. And another would be something like this, which is much more kitschy and fun, kind of, and, and, and uh, maybe a little weirder than he'd ever think that they were. Um, and some of the ones you mentioned, the Omega Man, you know, Charles and Heston's performance in the Omega Man and, and his performance in Planet of the Apes, which was late 60s, are very dialed up, uh, even by Charles and Heston standards. They're, he's eating up some scenery in both of those movies. Um, and the Omega Man would then go on to be the basis for um, I Am Legend I'm with Will Smith. Yeah which kept, originally kept the ending that you see in the other movies and then changed it, which kind of ruined that movie. But, um, yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. Actually, I feel like I probably stand pretty hard for, like, 50s and 60s B-movies more than the 70s ones, which may be more of an era thing. Because uh, there are a lot of those 50s movies that I really think people should watch. You know, they, they may sound dumb, but some of them are dumb. But they were executed in a very impressive way for the time. Uh, them would be one that was in, just just snuck in the top 100. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, maybe some of those got in at the expense of some of the like early to mid 70s kind of movies because there's a, there's its own little stretch of films there, like Soul and Green, which is again a very weird movie, much weirder than the twist everybody knows because of the ridiculousness of the line. They're but, <laughs> but it, it like there's some. The, the scenes that the, the things that they have to watch on their screens at home um, are this like very expressionistic like film that the government or whatever makes them watch it's it's uh it's a there's some baffling stuff in there um, but it, it's some interesting stuff that always reminds me of that SNL skit with I think it was Phil Hartman where it's like so in the green two it's still people <laughs> <laughs> like so in the green three. You thought they stopped, but it's still people. <laughs> All right, there you go. So that was our uh, <clears throat> our list. There, we 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 de we destructed and deconstructed as well <laughs> the Donald Trump thing. Uh, we, we deconstructed. We attacked Will's list once again. You can check that out. SciFiGangsters.com. It's in two parts, right? The first fifty, and the next one is the fifty down to the number one. All right. What do you think? Don't forget to like it and you hit that notification. Smash that like button. Okay, anyway, so um, there you go. That's our, our topic for today. It's time to move on to trivia. We can move on to trivia. I have it right here. Ready to go. 
No, I definitely, I definitely have no chance with both Jeremy and Will here. <laughs> There's no point of me even trying. Name your favorite Madden game. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> you win. No. Um, okay, so we'll uh, hit categories. Uh, well, you probably know how to play Rays is geek out. Um, I'll say name. How many? How many of blank can you name? Give me a number. Whoever has the highest number will have to prove it. And if they prove it, they win the round. Simple as that. So first, we're going to start off with um, spouses of superheroes. Okay, so how many mortal spouses of superheroes can you name? Mortal, so not mortal, mortal spouses of superheroes. Can you name? Think about it. Write them down if you need to. Can I look at my? Give you. I mean, so we mean non-superhero. Non-superhero spouses. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like ever. Because, like, probably. pretty much yeah. everyone I can th- you know, yeah, think of, probably. there's some storyline where they did, you know, found a suit and did something. <laughs> <laughs> there's always that one thing. I would say ever, yeah. Let's, let's... yeah ever. Hmm. Give me another couple of seconds to think about it. All right. Anybody got two? Yeah, I got two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four. Yeah, I can. I think I got five. Yeah, ooh, five. I mean, I have five. Five. All right, Anthony, you got six. Oh. I don't know where you're looking. <laughs> Looking around my office to see my comic books. Cheating. Uh, yeah, it's cheating. <laughs> He's like, where's that Google thing? When I Actually, I, I can do seven. Oh, Will's got Google seven now. Here. Good. Yeah. Might as well just take it. Okay, well, yeah, let's take it. Will. Will, you got the seven. Let's see what you got. But... Okay, so Lois Lane uh, for Superman. Um, for two different flashes, there's uh, Iris West mm-hmm. Allen for the Barry Allen Flash. And then there's Linda Park for the Wally West Flash. Okay. Um, Moira Taggart marries uh, Professor X at some points in the X Men. Again, these are like like Jeremy was saying. There's all these different other ways to kind of rate it. Um, you know, Mary Jane Watson Spider Man, which was then undone in the like worst thing Marvel ever did. Um, so what was that? That's five, I think. And then. Um, uh, Catwoman, Selena Kyle, mm-hmm. not as super, marries Batman in the Earth 2, the Golden Age Batman and Catwoman get married and then have kids and then die old. Um, and then I had another one. Um, <sighs> trying to think about who I had at Marvel. Oh, 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 Pepper Potts. Pepper, in, mm. Not in the comics, not in the comics, but in the MCU, Pepper marries Tony. And, okay. um, and uh, and then Jane, Jane marries and is the more different points. Uh, again, kind of like you know, a lot of the characters become super for brief periods and then stop being super. So you can kind of look at it that way too. But so that's that's eight. Okay. All right. Will Will, Will wins the round on that one. All right, Anthony, I I believe in you on this one, but I believe I think you can have this one. Okay, you're just gonna own the day with this one because you're gonna be able to name the most films in which a character dies. And then comes back to life. In the same movie? 
In the same movie. My goodness. In the same movie. Well, I don't think he does come back in the same movie. Yeah, he doesn't come back in the same movie either. Yep, what movie? Movies with uh, where a character dies and then comes back to life. Same movie. I believe in you, Anthony. You can do it. You can win all the Twizzlers. It's going to happen. seconds Jeremy questioning his beliefs right now Will looking confident as ever oh by the way Will uh, where do you stand on a demolition man on your list it's a movie I enjoy it it's good cheesy 90s fun yeah just on the on the ridiculousness level I'll probably like Judge Trent a little more Oh yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And then the, the actually, and that's another movie that got ruled out on the time of Big Dread. The new, the new one with Carl Urban would have definitely yeah. been a contender for the list. That's, I don't, that's you awesome. know, I didn't see the new one. I did. I saw the. Yeah, one, check yeah. it out. It's underrated. It is really it? is. It, people should have watched it more, but it wasn't really marketable because it's much more like the Dread comics, which are pretty brutal. Um, but I think people would know it more now because the actors who were in it are more famous now than they were then. Mm. That's fair. All right, who's got four? Anybody got four characters that have come back to life? Same. Yeah, four. Anthony has four. Okay. Anybody have five? Hmm. Um, I was talking and I kind of forgot what all the ones I had. Just now. I should have wrote them down. There you go. That was the. I was distracting you so Anthony could yeah, take the lead. There's got to be so many, like. We have even the same movie. That makes it tough. Cause that rules yeah. out. That rules out. Yeah, and and literally dying and literally coming back also makes it difficult. Um, I've got four. I know. Just talking right now. Um, anyone with five? Anthony's got no, five. I, I can do. I can oh, do Anthony six. said five. Oh, Will's got six. Okay. My Seven goodness. to you, Jeremy or Anthony. Nope, Jeremy's tapping out. I'm out. Yeah. Okay, Jeremy's tapped out. All right, Anthony, you got seven. Hold on. There's got to be like... There's probably hundreds six. of <laughs> There's got to be like a film. There is. I, I mean, can we just name everyone in Flatliners? Uh, yeah, I was, yeah. Oh, okay. I got, I got, I got one. So you have seven. Seven. All right. Well, eight to you. I, I can, yeah, I think I can do eight. And we're, we're talking like comes back to life in the in, same, in the same. Yeah. Body and same manner yes, and everything. Same manner. Right? Same, yeah. there's, there's some franchises. That you did. Now you back. Yeah. Right. We're not talking vampires or anything. Correct. Yeah. Where this is not a vampire thing. This is not like you just got bit, you died, and now you're a vampire. 
And then, yeah, Anthony's like, well, there went six of mine. <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay, let's see, let's see what Anthony's got first. Let's see what you got. Because <laughs> I think your list just got demolished with that right there. Neo in The Matrix. Okay. Ben Solo dies, and she and uh, what's-her-name brings him, brings him back. Remember? Okay. Lois Lane dies in the original Superman. He brings her back. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Uh, Crank dies a bunch of times. The guy in Crank. Yeah, yeah I was, that was two of mine. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky and 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> he died. What? Come on. <laughs> He's dead. I mean, okay. That, you're technically right. You're technically right. Vision okay. dies, but mm. what's it? But uh, Thanos brings him back for a little bit, kills him again. But was he literally living anyway? Sure. <clears throat> Doesn't Aslan. Theseus, why would he be? Ash that out. Yeah, because he's just code out. running on a platform. And here's and hit this one's questionable because I don't know if it happened. Doesn't does Aslan come back at the same movie or does he come back in the next one? From the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, does he come back in the same movie or in the next one? Mm. I, I cannot. Uh, he does not come back in the same movie because he he dies dies. And he's right, and he raises raises again in the, on the third day. Almost like he's based on a particular. Oh, okay. Literary character. So, <laughs> so technically, I have one, two, three, four, five, six. Okay. All right. Well, let's see what you got. Well, I have uh, the two crank movies and uh, both versions of Awakenings, which were mentioned. Okay. Because there's the old one that's kind of good, and then there's the new one that nobody watched. Um, so that's four. Uh, there's three Reanimator movies. The Reanimator. One is great, and that was one, that's one of those on the list, actually. Then there's two not as good sequels. Um, and then the other one is uh, the worst plot turn I think I've ever seen is Star Trek Into Darkness. But Kirk mm. dies and then comes back to life, and then they try to. Uh, so oh, I say, that's, kind of a, that's, a, that's a cheap aim, I'll admit. That, yeah. Cheap aim. That's, that's I forgot fair. about the Star Wars one that fair, uh, yeah. Anthony mentioned. Um, and then, yeah, you rule out Superman and the the Snyder Justice League movies because he's not the same movie. Spock and the original Star Trek dude, not the same movie. Yeah. Um, I don't think Gandalf technically dies. They they make it seem like he did, but he yeah he, he does he, he doesn't he die. He's dead, and then he comes back. Uh, same with Barbosa from the first Pirates of the Caribbean, which they were kind of already dead anyway. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of them that you know you can stretch out over six franchises, but yeah, yeah. So that's it for me. Okay. Kind of rigged at the end of Lethal Weapon 2 because he's you think he's he's like almost dead dead at the end but then he comes back but I don't, I don't count that one. Okay. This I one. I think I get extra points for bringing up Lucky in 100 <laughs> We're going to give that round <laughs> to we're going to give that round to Anthony because why not? Okay. All why right. not? Alright this one's for all the Twizzlers. Alright you ready? How many citrus flavored sodas can you name? Let's make it simple. Citrus flavored sodas, guys. Come on. Define soda. A carbonated beverage. Okay. We're gonna say a carb yeah, the carbonated a carbonated citrus flavored beverage 
and adding lemon or orange to soda water does not count. <laughs> let's go ahead and let's just go ahead and name brand these. simple. It's how my brain works. Very simple. I mean, I do like the Matrix trilogy. You know, simple, simple brain. Okay. Give you a few more, a few more seconds. Think about it. And we are not allowing like this and then diet this, right? Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. Just saying this for Anthony's benefit. Yeah, I know. He would have had a list of hey, 100. Hey, watch it. Don't. Now, you can mention the diet one, but that's it. That's all you get. You can't mention the regular one. Citrus citrus flavored soda. Yep. And there are a lot of them. I have a list I can reference. My gosh. <laughs> My word. There's a lot. There's a lot I don't didn't even know existed. Okay. All right, who's got five? Anybody got five? Yeah, I've got, I've got five many. Yeah, yeah five. I've got eight. Eight. All right, we'll go to I've ten. Got like, I've got like about fourteen. Fourteen. Nice. <laughs> I'm not gonna be able to beat that. Okay, let's hear the fourteen. Well. Okay, so let me see if I can remember all this. Now, Aunt remembers my Sunkiss lost from the radio station. I don't drink it like I used to. I don't drink it at all because it's like the sweetest stuff ever. But uh, so we'll start with orange soda. Sunkiss, Minute Maid, uh, Fanta, Crush. Wait, is Minute Maid carbonated? Min yeah. No, not lemonade. Minute Maid soda. They had, There's they a had Minute Maid soda. Oh, yeah, there I guess I didn't They may not it. have it anymore, but I remember, okay. I remember hating it when I was a kid because they get it for me instead of the Sunkiss and it sucked. So, okay. so Sunkiss, Minute Maid, Knee High, Crush, Fanta, Spy. Um, for Lemon, Lime, Sprite, six, seven up is seven, conveniently. Upper 10 is eight. I think they still make that. Um, uh, L8 one, which is a really actually good one from Kentucky that a friend of mine gave me once was nine. Um, Sun Drop, 10. Mm -hmm. uh, Sierra Mist, 11. Mm -hmm. And then, I'm not, I mean, they have Coke that has like orange in it. Let's get that. Um, I, so the Mountain Dew is citrus flavored, right? So uh, it Mountain sucks. Dew is citrus. Mountain Dew, Mellow Yellow, um, and uh, Surge. Gosh, Surge. Surge. Oh, my word. I forgot about <laughs> and, uh, Surge. And then like LaCroix, I guess. That's, That's fair. Yep. Okay. All right. All right any, any of those on your list, uh, Anthony, that were not on? I think he. I think he Both said everyone, first. except for Zevia. He didn't say Zevia. Okay. Okay. And uh, did you say Sprite? I don't think I heard he did you say, say Sprite. Yeah. Yeah. So I started the lemon lime with those. Yeah. yeah. Sprite. Yeah. Cool. Well done. And now everybody right. can get a lifetime supply of Sprite. Let's go. Well, when Will, Will takes. Will takes the lifetime supply of Twizzlers. Enjoy. That, that concludes uh, our <laughs> trivia. That concludes the show. Thank you, Will, so much for being on the show and talking about this uh, science fiction and what makes a science fiction and why you're wrong for putting films in certain parts of your lists. Uh, but uh, 
but yeah that's our show don't forget to uh listen to us on youtube and spotify and and apple music or apple music uh, uh, all the other kind of stuff that you can listen to us you can listen to us a podcast form and a youtube form and definitely check out sci-fi gangsters.com where you can check out will's list of the top 100 science fiction films it's in two parts so read both but that's our show for today thank you will for being on the show thank you for having me all right For Acid Train and Jeremy, I'm Anthony Denar. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good one.